Hello, and welcome back to Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I'm Richie, one of your co-hosts, and I just want to say thank you for checking out the podcast. We'd really appreciate if you give us a follow on Instagram, at MrNoafOfficial. So that is at M-R-N-O-A-F official. And give us a follow wherever you're listening to this, whether it be on Spotify, Breaker, anywhere else. Give us a follow and check out anchor.fm backslash MrNoaf. And that MrNoaf is all caps. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Um, back to a new episode of Movie Reviews No One Asked For. I'm one of your co-hosts, Richie, with my fellow co-host, Alex. Hello. Hello to you too, Alex. Today, we are talking about the most expensive movie that Netflix has ever produced, is what I heard. Uh, the Gray Man. Is it really? Yes. In terms of film. Not necessarily the most expensive project, but the most expensive film is what I heard. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Because they have a lot of shows that are just like, you know. Yeah. But anyway. I'm sure Stranger Things probably has a budget sure. of... Honestly, a what lot. is the Stranger Things budget? Let's see. I mean, when it comes to Netflix, there probably is no budget for Stranger Things. <laughs> but... Um, this is a spoiler-filled podcast, right? So if you don't like spoilers... Get out. Then, leave. Then leave. Delete Spotify. Yeah. Um, good riddance. Just yeah, joking. We don't Come back you. after you watch the movie if you don't like spoilers. Um, I mean, other than that, there's nothing that you need to like watch to catch up on this. This is a original movie um, by the Russo brothers. Yeah. Right? I did not catch their last project, Cherry. Um, I did not. I've heard some interesting things about scenes involving Tom Holland in it that are probably a little um, too risque to, to say on this podcast. But uh, <laughs> I've actually heard nothing about that movie. If anybody listening to this knows what I'm talking about, then they'll immediately know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> just so I'll, sh- I'll share something with you afterwards. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> Anyway, you've had your chance. We are at a minute and 57, so that's ample time for you to go watch the movie and come back. Yeah, within two minutes. Yes. Uh, So let's get into this. The Gray Man. The Gray Man. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I think I said (laughs) last last episode, I was like, I think this movie seems mid. And you know what? When I saw it, it was a little mid. But yeah. It, it really did be mid. It, it it did be mid, but you know, I mean, like, I was realizing, and we we had a trend of movies where we would just review things that we both like really loved and really gushed about. I think like we we did Nope. We did. I mean, I loved Matrix Four. Um, we did Thor, uh, Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of these things and Batman were just like all these things that we were loving. I'm like, we need to get back to reviewing some mid movies. You know, that's yeah, where, like the heart of yeah. our content lies. Right. We need to get back to the good stuff, the stuff that is okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but so like, I think a lot of people online talking about this movie. I feel like people when I when I did look at people's comments you know on the internet and look at some reviews on Rotten Tomatoes I think right now it has a 45 46 percent it went up a little bit uh percent review on critic the critic score 
interestingly a 90 percent on the audience score with, but mm. it only has 100 ratings which i don't know um i mean I, I i guess i would agree with that i don't really think it matters that much you know like this movie probably if i were to think about it objectively sits between like a 50 to 65 percent rt score in my head um sure yeah because i thought i thought there was some really actually really cool action scenes um and i would see a sequel honestly but like it was just it's just like a movie that you put on and you know you enjoy watching uh and then you kind of forget about it like really it's not much to say other than that yeah i mean it really was just kind of like a um wow that's my alarm to record this episode of the podcast um wow it was really like a movie of just like you're gonna watch it and maybe you'll talk to someone about it if they've watched Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. those odds are probably slim Mm -hmm. but after that it's just like well that was a movie yeah i I definitely think it was showing in some select theaters i'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure i think that it would have made for a better theatrical experience than yeah. a on my couch type movie we, we probably should have divided this up and one of us should have seen it in theaters because i also saw it on netflix um but i i watched it on my tv on, on my couch and um there's there's definitely some scenes where you're like this doesn't look good and the, but there's also <laughs> yeah. some scenes yeah we can talk about it but sure. there's some scenes that look really cool actually and like you would, can definitely would, see where they allotted the money. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Into Chris I think, Evans and his mustache. Yeah, and grooming his mustache. <laughs> I I honestly think like there's some stuff in this, including the action and the cinematography, that's actually pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like the use of color in the film. Like, yeah, especially that opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene. I loved the the so the plane fight is like my biggest gripe with the film. <laughs> But it none of I don't have a gripe until we get out of the plane, <laughs> you know. Mm. I just that was the only moment where the CGI was like noticeably really bad for me, and I don't really care typically about bad CGI. But like, I don't know if you you've thought that, but like when they're parachuting out of the plane, uh, when Ryan Gosling's character is getting, you know, ambushed or whatever, um, right? It it looked really cheap, and it kind of made me uh, made me glad I didn't see that in a film because. <laughs> Oh, in a, in a theater. Um, right, right. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't want to complain all day about you know VFX because I know like there's hundreds of VFX artists who work on these things, and I'm sure just you know like budgets had to be a thing. You know, corners got cut, but I also can't help but like think maybe they should have shot that scene differently. Like it's weird that as soon as they, they got to the plane, Tom Cruise, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, like if I, you I think mean, about I, it, there is some truth to that. There's a there's a very similar scene I think in Mission Impossible Five where Tom Cruise is jumping out of a plane and he does it for real, yeah, and just, yeah, and and you can think about it in the Gray Man where it's just Ryan Gosling and this other dude CGI double like spaghetti and all around the the sky and it's just like really awkward and you know but that was that's my only really gripe with the CGI like everything else was fine for me. Um, yeah, I thought, I th- but I thought the color was really cool. Like, I love the the uh, like smoke flare in that fight was really interesting. Yeah, I think the color towards the end and the the maze fight was cool. Agreed. Um, 
I think I think the Russos actually do have a pretty good idea about how to direct action. I think some people online were saying the editing was really choppy. Uh, did you feel that at all? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. There's a. I can't even remember what movie it was. There's a movie I was watching the other day where the mm-hmm. editing was like, "Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, can we like pick something like a yeah. camera angle?" And I didn't really feel that with this one. It 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 felt it felt like I could follow what was happening mm-hmm. in the fight sequences, which is really important in fight sequences um, because there's always a lot of movement going on. Mm-hmm. And directing the audience's attention to the appropriate place is mm-hmm. can be challenging, um, but I think that after like Winter Soldier, they kind of proved like yeah we understand fight sequences. <laughs> I I agree. I I actually think because I think their biggest criticism was that mm-hmm. they did have this really choppy editing and like quick cuts but i think it was always it's always a thing that they've used to achieve like a more visceral sense of their action like right what i really like about the way that they're the especially like like the characters the way they move like i don't know how they do it whether they remove a couple of frames or something but it really feels like when ryan gosling throws a punch like it's really quick you know quicker than a human could move really just right. probably why it worked really well for captain america and i think it still works well for you know for six in this movie but right agent movies yeah it's it's cool i mean he does some stuff that's like how how are you not dead you know but <laughs> yeah um it's stabbed multiple times <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but actually that's the reason one of the reasons this movie worked really well for me is i thought ryan gosling did a really really um good job with what he had you know i think i liked his kind of version of this dude who's like had enough of everybody's shit really right you know and kind of like like it's like but i think this movie can be best summed up in that one line they they that he and um claire the, the kid kept saying it was like it's just another thursday yeah. i felt about this movie you know like both the good and the bad of like wow it's just another thursday like this is this is so cool but you know it's ultimately forgettable i don't know but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I thought it, it, it with Ryan Gosling's character, he did a really good job of, like, making me believe that he could lead a sequel to this film, which mm-hmm. I'm sure that they were, it seemed like they were setting it up because the main yeah. antagonist got away. But um, with that being said, that main antagonist felt really shallow compared mm-hmm. to Chris Evans's character. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just because of the acting chops or how it's written or whatever, but it really felt like when Chris Evans's character died, I was just like, oh, so you're the one that dies and this other guy gets away. So then if there's a sequel, is he going to have like another disposable villain? Like, I don't know. It just felt it felt weird um, giving I don't know the the other actor's name or I don't even remember the character. It's like Denny or something like that. I think Denny, the CIA, CIA agent, I think. Yeah, um, like he didn't feel like he had enough plot development or like character development to like really warrant uh, getting away at the end and potentially setting up a sequel. I don't know. I felt, yeah. it felt underwhelming with him. 
I, t- I totally agree. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I don't remember the other agent's name. Well, the, we have. I don't remember the, her name either. But so that's. I think the thing about this is like, I think both Denny and I'll look up her name. Both Jessica Henwick is the actress. Um, sure. They're like the real villains of the film, right? And right. I think it's kind of revealed at the end that Jessica Henwick, who has been playing this like good cop to Chris Evans's bad cop the whole film, is actually the real bad cop. You know, um, yeah. or, like, or she's like more the mastermind of this whole thing. Um, honestly, that was actually a pretty decent twist. I thought that actually got me. I, didn't I thought really... I thought her character being the double agent, mm-hmm. like it feels funny using double agent in its context where it's literally an agent. But um, <laughs> like her character doing that felt more deserved because mm-hmm. we had seen her interacting with Chris Evans so much. Mm-hmm. And it felt like she could have killed off Denny in the movie. Yeah. And she could have led the sequel or something. Yeah. But just like all of this, like uh, um, cat and mouse to get the hard drive thing that has like evidence of Denny being corrupt. And then he ends up getting it at the end. It's just like, I don't know. I was do, just you, like, do you mean, uh, Ana de Armas character or no oh Jessica Ham- oh I need to look at the cast list okay IMDB <laughs> let's find out who these characters are I'll, all I remember is six and Claire that's all I remember sure 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 no 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 but like the agent that double crossed at the yeah, end that's and Jessica was revealed Hamburg's right character. okay yeah it, it felt like that was deserved because you see that good cop bad cop relationship developed yeah. oh I agree yeah I think I think Chris Evans did get what was his name? Lloyd. Lloyd. What Lloyd, a great right. How could you name. forget such a memorable name? <laughs> Lord Hanson. Yeah, I thought he did get what he deserved. Um, though I thought it was it was kind of ruthless the way that Suzanne is Jessica Henwick's character. I thought the way that she kind of spun the whole situation around. But it, it made a lot of more sense when they revealed that. And this was like, I think right at the end was that Suzanne, Denny and Lloyd all went to Harvard together. Right. So, you know, the real villain of the film is Harvard, of course. Um, but, yeah, yeah, true. I uh, yeah, so I think it made more sense. Like, cause I was wondering the whole film why Lloyd didn't just kill Suzanne. Because I was, I was so worried because she was like really, you know, kind of riding <laughs> into him and he's like really unhinged. Yeah. Um, but that, that did work for me. I think what would have been cool maybe a little cheesy, but it would have been nice to get a reveal of like who the really, the big bad behind the strings is. Cause you get a, you get a sense there's somebody behind these three, but you're, it's never revealed. I mean, I, I never got that sense. That's they say, never, they say I always point. felt it. It felt like they were trying to set that up, Yeah. but then it feels like the reveal is that it actually is Denny. Like he's actually just, because well, otherwise I feel like they would have resolved his conflict instead of letting him get away. They say they say at one point that somebody must have been helping Denny up the ladder, so to speak. I think it was the uh, Margaret. Uh, I don't remember what she was. Uh, Margaret Cahill, that her her character, sure. um, <laughs> who said that about Denny. Uh, that felt like a throwaway line when I heard it. Oh, uh, I, I I saw that as like directly um, talking about. Uh, something somebody helping Denny. i i think like i think there is somebody behind the strings i think it's not supposed to be just them those three um but you know sequel i guess i don't know i think it would have been a more effective sequel bait if they had put in like an actor or something at the very end 
for just somebody to show us but i don't know yeah i mean you're right obviously if they did like yeah even if it was just like someone like in a chair and you just see their arm yeah you recognize their voice or something like that yeah but but like i feel like the appropriate way to end this movie Mm -hmm. i could have written a better movie but the appropriate (laughs) way to end this movie would have been obviously i mean with with what we're given I think Lloyd was probably going to die the whole time. Yeah. Um, he could have just gone to jail. I think that him and Denny should have both ended up in jail. Mm-hmm. And then, um, man, I don't even remember the, the, the other girl's name. Uh, I don't honor the armist character. No, no. Oh, Suzanne. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, dude. I, okay. Anyway. The fact that Suzanne we should have gotten away. Yeah, <laughs> and she should have played it off like she was still on the good team, and then the audience's perception sees that she's actually a double agent, but Six doesn't see that information, oh. and she gets them out of prison or something like that. That would have been cool. Yeah, you know, because I feel like the reveal to Six that she is a double agent, yeah, is like well. So what would happen in the sequel then? I think you it's know? really it's really confusing because that's the first time Six meets her, I'm fairly sure. Oh no, it's it's not, right? I don't think so. Is it implied they've had a relationship before? <laughs> Dude or I don't know, but I feel like the fact that we're asking all these questions goes to show just like how like yeah. un un I don't want to say messy. Well but like messy. <laughs> honestly it's funny because like a lot of these things I didn't think about until we started unraveling the plot. And because right. if you do think about the plot with just all of the st- things they they present to you in like a bullet, you know, format, if it were to just be written out in front of you, a lot of it doesn't make sense. And but then if, when you watch the movie and there's lots of, you know, shooting things and lots of things blowing up, your brain just kind of turns off. and You're like, ooh, pretty colors and people punching each other <laughs> and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. You know, and like. You're like, ooh, Ooh, explosions. Exactly. (laughs) Explosions. Brain, brain. And you're like, wait, but why'd she just reveal that she's a double agent? (laughs) I was honestly, at that point, I was just like, eyes glazed over. I was just like. (laughs) I was like, when's this movie going (laughs) to When's this movie over? the, The most entertaining part about this movie for me was Six and Lloyd. I thought, I thought Chris Evans did a really fun job as Lloyd. Yeah, um, I don't I think know. He thrives in villain positions. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really cheesy. Like he did a really like cheesy role, but I think he enjoyed it and in, like he wanted to play cheese, especially like. Right. I think it was so, it's so funny that at the end, he's just like, "Let's just like fight each other to the death," you know? It's just like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for no reason. I, just like I, I mean, but it, it's it's it goes to show. I, I already used that phrase earlier, but mm-hmm. it goes to show that um, he committed so much to the character mm-hmm. that when Lloyd said that, it mm-hmm. felt appropriate for Lloyd to say that. It did. It, it, it didn't was... feel like a, oh boy. It was kind of like, this makes sense. He's kind of a weirdo. He's really arrogant, you know, yeah. kind of sociopathic. Like, it, may, it makes a lot of sense, um, but it just was... It, it was just funny to me. I don't know. I, I don't even want to say contrived because, you know, I don't even care if it was contrived. It was just like 
you know, it was an excuse for Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans to have a big fight, and the fight was cool. You know, I like that Lloyd would punch Ryan Gosling and forget he didn't have two fingers anymore. And be, like, I like the banter between them during the fight. <laughs> I, I kept forgetting that he didn't have two fingers <laughs> until he would point out, dude, I don't have these fingers. <laughs> it's like, it's I, great. I guess you needed to point that yeah. out. You know, there's actually a lot of like funny moments in the film. I think the Russos just do a really good job about balancing that humor with their action. Like, I like the moment where Ryan Gosling throws the um the shotgun at Ana de Armas character, and she runs and has this epic moment and tries to stop the guy who has her drive, and she doesn't have any bullets. And he's like, "You ran before I could throw you the bullets." <laughs> Yeah, you literally see him, like, grabbing the bullets, and he yeah. looks up, and she's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, there's a lot of really fun little small moments like that. But, you know, it's really, the thing is, like, I think my thesis on this is going to be, it's not a bad film. I mean, it is a bad film, but it's not a <laughs> bad film. That, just right there, it's not a bad film, it is a bad film. So, like, me, it's like, I'm not a bad guy, but I am... Um, Bad, or I'm not a bad guy. It's like that. Right. That's what this right. film is, but in movie form. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's re- it's somewhere, it's in this weird zone of like, you could enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. But when you really start to like, think about it, it's like, yeah, yeah this well, isn't very good. <laughs> this movie, I think it's really interesting or weird to have on Netflix in a way. maybe not i don't know because i think when i think of this movie i think of like you're like three hours deep into like surfing channels on cable and it's 2011 and you know you're about to go to bed and this movie's been on for the last 20 minutes and you've been sleeping for 15 of them and you know and then you wake up and the credits are rolling you're like oh gosh and then you just go to bed (laughs) and you barely remember it that's what i think of like this movie is like a really good space but Netflix is weird because you have to like actively go, I want to watch The Gray Man and put on The Gray Man. You have no idea how much I was dreading watching Mm -hmm. the movie because I had to watch it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I just kept thinking to myself like, I got to watch this because I was I was like, what do I want to watch? And there's like so many other things that I was like, oh, I could watch that. I could watch that. And I'm like, I need to watch this soon it took me three days to get through this film yeah i i i think though like maybe netflix needs a shuffle feature or something because honestly like just this would be a like if this movie was just already on it would be something where i'd sit down and watch some of it you know but to actively want to like put this on is like i'm not gonna buy a hat that says let's get gray and then like a shirt with like lloyd hansen forever and I'm yeah. not going to be like, who's ready to watch The Gray Man 2? You know, it's <laughs> it's not that type of thing. It really it's is not. like the type. It's, it is so much of a movie where you go over to your friend's house and their parents are just watching some mm-hmm. random movie. Mm-hmm. And you just like get there like halfway through and you're like, well, I guess I'll just finish watching. Yeah. It. And there's nothing wrong with those types of movies. We need those types of movies, I feel like. Do we? Um, <laughs> do we, though? I think we do. I think they're an essential part of our culture. Those like really mid tier, you know, <laughs> leave it on if it's on, don't put it on if you it's not on kind of movies. I I think they're very important. Um, you know, this movie, without 
being super explicit, is definitely a are you still watching movie. Absolutely. There's there's a lot of explosions that keep people awake and right you know, and and uh and like kind of like stir every five minutes be like oh what was that and like oh ryan gosling's on a chase and then you know he goes back to sleep and yeah i mean I, i'm being kind of hard on it now, the whole, like... i mean i mean are you though <laughs> yeah, are you? there's there's some cool there's some cool action moments like i like some stuff that is pretty smart like i mean the action is yeah. like what carries the whole movie like well, i remember yeah. each like act of the movie based on the action mm-hmm. scenes yeah, that was unintentional until I started saying it. Oh my gosh! But, <laughs> but like you know, you have the opening scene in was it like Bangkok? Um, it was something like that. Yeah. Um, that happens. So. You're kind of thrown into the plot of like he's from Sierra, which is yeah. a different agency than the CIA. Well, the first scene you get is you get the scene between him and billy bob thornton that's like recruiting him which which i thought was cool right but the first thing that i remember (laughs) is this mission right and then there's the plane scene Mm -hmm. there's the scene where he's handcuffed to the bench there's the hospital scene Mm -hmm. and then there's the finale Mm -hmm. yeah that's all that i remember but i think that that's all that you really need to remember I, there's also the, the like, going to get your passport ID forged scene where it's like, oh John right, Wick when he gets trapdoored, turns into John Wick for like a second, and all the assassins are trying to come after him. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, oh, I I can remember all the action scenes when you point them out. I couldn't remember them in order though. Um, but I, I mean, I don't even, I couldn't tell you for sure that that was the order that <laughs> happened. It just seems yeah. like that that's right based on like what's happening in yeah. those scenes. Well, I kind of honestly want to talk about the elephant in the room that like this movie was done by the same people who did Avengers Infinity War and Endgame and which are like right. the biggest movies ever made by Hollywood. And, you know, which also reviewed fairly well and, like, people did like them a lot. And when I when I watched The Gray Man, like, I'm going to be really honest. I think the quality of this movie, um, you know, is not really much different than the quality of Infinity War and Endgame. The only difference is the scale and the characters and the IP. That's a, that's a real hot take. I'm not going to not going to lie. So you're like, basically saying Infinity War is as good as the Gray Man. No, no, but I'm saying the quality That's basically of, what I heard though. <laughs> the quality of the filmmaking, I actually yeah, think. No, I, 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 I think the, the cinematography, thing. I think Henry Jackman's score, which is pretty good. Um I you know, I actually really liked now that I think about it, like I liked all the moments between like Claire and um, in six in the beginning also so the pacing the pacing of this film is really strange that's something i'm we're just i think now remembering because like the first half of this movie feels really slow and you get this like really long sequence of this flashback between claire and six and i thought it was really good and it worked really well but i was as i was finishing the movie i'm like where could that scene have gone because it felt like it it just it feels like it feels like what the Russo brothers did in like infinity war where they had this movie that jumps around a lot and you meet a lot of different characters right. and it works really well in those giant IP 
like crossover movies yes that's that's the big part it's like the crossover mm-hmm. aspect they there's a bunch of other things that have already been made mm-hmm. so that you don't need to when you're flipping from character to character you don't need to establish those characters in those scenes yeah whereas in the gray man you they're introducing a new character that we literally just like don't know yeah like scene exactly. after scene and it's just like well now you're gonna now i know that you're gonna take the time to try and flesh them out you know whether whether or not you do a good job but it's like you're you're taking time away from the actual plot yeah to go back and retroactively put our faith into characters yeah. for the plot and it's just like what are you what are you trying to do here i think the movie the movie tries to like flesh out the character of six more as the film goes on right which which makes sense like he's he's supposed to be this you know like the title like the gray man like this person nobody really knows and doesn't have a file and i like that thing that's why i like ryan gosling's acting in it so much is because he portrays that kind of person forgotten by society really well in the sense of like he's done this for so long you know nobody really knows who he is and he's kind of given up on caring about that and he plays it with like a, a kind of smirk which is really really cool um but yeah there's i don't know i mean that was that was a big hot take and i i love i love those movies infinity war and those big avengers movies but like yeah i i didn't i didn't think anything was like drastically worse about the quality of the filmmaking but i do think this the characters and the story and just the general plot things were not as good you know not as well executed but i don't know it's it's that's what's what's weird about them is like i don't think the russos are bad filmmakers at all i just um i think that they do a better job Mm -hmm. of stories that maybe maybe what they need to work on is like their exposition aspects yeah of stuff because in infinity war aside from the black order or whatever Mm -hmm. it is uh there's literally no one else that needs like introduction Mm -hmm. like we are we already know all these people so they're just writing a story with characters that everyone already knows Mm -hmm. and i think of huge like fallback of the gray man is that like there's so much time trying to build the world with Sierra and the corrupt CIA agents and six and all like, and like the guy what's, what's Billy Bob Thornton's character's name? Um, Fitz, Fitzroy. Fitz, right. And like trying to establish their relationship. And he also has a daughter who has a pacemaker because that's important for one aspect of the story. Basically. Yeah. (laughs) Comes And, And like all this stuff. And it's like, I feel like they would have done much better if the audience already like knew if, if they were to direct mm-hmm. a bond film, mm-hmm. I think they'd have a much better. I, I actually really agree. I think this, yeah. With somebody who's an established character that we'd know really well. Right. Like I think I brought up John wick before, but like a really good example of something that does this really well is John wick because, and it's hard because I think the character of six is limited in a way that John wick isn't in the sense that like six is supposed to be somebody nobody knows at all. Right, you know, like and like Lloyd has kind of heard of him. There's some people who've kind of heard of him, but like in John Wick, you know, you get this blank slate in the beginning, 
and then all of the characters, I mean, at least I've never seen the other the sequels. I should see the sequels, but I'm talking about the first John Wick movie. You get all of the characteriz- characterization of, of John Wick is done by the people who are like making him out to this be this boogeyman, this like crazy, you know, eccentric. Like, right. Like we should be really scared of them, you know, and that is super effective. And then like he delivers because he's really scary and fights. This scenes. is John Wick. Yeah. And I think six is like, honestly, just as like as effective in fight scenes as John Wick, he you know does really well. Um, he's you know punches a lot of people. He's smart, but like we don't get that same sense from other characters of six. Right. You know, there's like, no there's yeah. no looming threat of like they know what they're gonna deal with. Yeah, they 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 kind of. I mean, most of the villains. I should when I say villains, I'm using that as like an umbrella term. Yeah, most of the people in the combat sequences are just like henchmen. Yeah, and like they, they I mean, the the people at the top of the ladder, like the mm-hmm. CIA agents, they understand who they're dealing with, mm-hmm. but they don't really ever have a like direct hand hand conflict with Six. Yeah. And then, like you said, like Lloyd kind of does, but. Lloyd kind of treats him as like an annoyance rather than like something to actually be right. Like nervous of or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he, it seems like Lloyd, what Lloyd understands is that the Sierra program Mm -hmm. creates these sort of Sierra soldiers that are not to be like taken lightly. Yeah. But not necessarily six as like an individual He's not like yeah. he doesn't have some sort of like notoriety as like top of Sierra or anything. Yeah, like I that. would have really liked. I don't know if this goes against the source material, but I would have really liked some more. Oh, is there that. source material? Yeah, these are based on books, and I I think honestly, <laughs> yeah, they're based on like novels. Wow, um, uh, that I, changes things. <laughs> well, I wonder if I wonder if in the books it doesn't matter as much if Six has notoriety because I think in the film we just yeah we don't get a good enough sense of his character. Uh, that would have been a nice way to, but I mean, also it would have been just copying John Wick. So like, I think, I think it's just, yeah, the film doesn't do enough plot wise and character wise really. And I I don't really know where the fault is, but like also <laughs> it just, the film doesn't matter enough to me to like, to care about <laughs> finding all the plot holes and, you know, and all this. Oh, if you were looking for plot holes, yeah. you would be there for a while yeah i <laughs> i i just think it's interesting about like you know where the russos like are as filmmakers right now and yeah it and feels like yeah. it feels like they really had their thing mm-hmm. with those avengers movies and like civil war and winter yeah. soldier like marvel well they went and from, then yeah they did the biggest movie of all time yeah and they then they did cherry and it felt like even though i have i like really haven't heard reviews about it and i haven't watched it and stuff like that reviews are pretty bad for cherry yeah what i've heard from the movie is not much and i think that that goes to say that it's probably just like not very noteworthy and to be to be fair to the russos i think a lot of the criticism especially i've seen of gray man seems to be a lot of people because it's like really easy i think for a lot of people to be like they're just hacks you know they were just like marvel like hired hired guns and came in and you know they're nothing without marvel and like 
I think it's a little disingenuous to them as filmmakers because like that's why I said I don't think the quality of this film is really different than what they've shown in Infinity War Endgame. You know, right. I, I mean, I, I do think Infinity War Endgame are better movies, but I think just like it's not like this is a drastic step down in any way. Yeah, I just think that these this film and probably Cherry, mm-hmm. I feel like they highlight their weaknesses a lot more. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like in Infinity War and Endgame, whatever weaknesses that the Russo brothers have yeah. as filmmakers yeah. are are like completely overshadowed by yeah. the marvelness, the marvelous movies mm-hmm. that they are. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I think they do. They do best when they're taking on established, honestly, film IP. Because, like, yeah, this was based on a book, but when they did the sequel <laughs> no to the idea. first Captain America, yeah. You know, that, that was really good because they were playing off material that's already been filmed and actors who already been cast and everything. The universe is already there. The universe is established. You know, they don't they don't need to do the world building. Plus, mm-hmm. they have this executive producer behind them. Yeah. Kevin Feige. Yeah. Who's like, this needs to lead. Like, you need to get here at some point in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Giving, drawing the big plot details and everything. Right. Yeah. Um. No, I don't know. I mean, it's just something interesting. And I I will say, like, I don't, I don't, I think people who are, like, really calling out the Russos and being like, you know, they're terrible. I don't like, no, no way that they, you know, the, the Marvel movies were a fluke. It's like, it's really unfair. Right. Um, I would like to, I would like to see what they do next, honestly. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's ultimately a movie. It's it's just a movie. Ultimately, of all the movies I've seen, this is one of them. Yeah, this is one of the movies I've ever seen for sure. You know, <laughs> one of the movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I you know I rate it stars out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Favorite, favorite, go. <laughs> um. Um. My favorite scene was the. Uh, was the fight scene at the end? I liked uh, I, I, as silly as it was between between Lloyd, Lloyd and, and, Six. and Six. I thought it was really entertaining. Sure. Um, I liked that they like got more tired as it went on. Um, it was funny and it was shot well. I thought that was cool. And your least favorite, least favorite, least favorite is the plane scene. <laughs> the CGI is so bad. <laughs> the only thing that saves that scene for me is is a Henry Jackman score, which uh, that theme he does is kind of James Bondian. Happens twice in the film. Each sure. time, I think it's a banger. So, I think he does really well with this. He, Henry Jackman is just one of my favorite composers. He does very similar work in a lot of his films with this like cool ostinato thing. But he does. He's one of the best action film composers right now. It's just you know, he. I feel like he does really really good scores. Um, but yeah, that's what is what is your favorite favorite and your least favorite least favorite. Boils down to 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 two characters. My favorite favorite is lloyd nice okay because i just love seeing um chris evans in antagonistic roles like in knives out chef's kiss so great he's just so scott Scott pilgrim as well he's so good at scott pilgrim (laughs) he just knows how to be arrogant (laughs) and then and also johnny storm oh oh, yeah true no he's not a villain it's still like the same sort of like just like really quickly about it, it was so funny because when he got cast as Captain America, I'm like, the dude who's like super good at playing arrogant, you know, Johnny Storm as people is going to be Cap. And like, then he played, you know, really amazing, like humble Captain America. 
but I'm happy he's going back to these like, you right. know, shit eating kind of grin roles where he's just <laughs> yeah. like twirling his mustache, literally unseen, and like he's having it's <laughs> literally just, twirling. It's, <laughs> his mustache like deserves some awards, you know. True, true, true. Yeah, it was a it was a masterpiece. From America's ass to America's stash. Um, <laughs> my least favorite, least favorite is Denny. <laughs> it, it's just like yeah, who cares about Denny? Really, he could have. He should have either gone to jail or died. Like, I think what would have been a really good play is if Double Agent Suzanne. Suzanne, yeah, yeah. If she was like a third party double agent, mm. where she double crosses Six and the CIA, and she double crosses Denny and the corrupt CIA, yeah. and she's actually working for someone else. I actually really liked that Suzanne was just like because I did. Honestly, I kind of thought that she was like a rogue third party and that she was crossing Denny in a way, even though she's still part of like the corrupt CIA, you know, sure. she like I because I did. Yeah, I thought Denny was kind of was fine. You know, he was menacing. No, he well, wasn't fine. That's that's, that's he was fair. pretty sub mid. He was <laughs> sub mid. <laughs> OK, yeah. he wasn't fine. We don't like Denny here. <laughs> he, he was just so forgettable. He was villain. I just I didn't believe him being menacing, you know, like he Yeah. He seemed so swarmy, like just got out of college. And I think that was what they were trying to do. Right. You know, like this but I didn't really believe he would follow through on any of the threats he's making or he just seemed like 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 somebody who just would like cry if he didn't get his way or something or <laughs> throw a fit or yeah. i don't know he just he didn't seem very he, menacing he just he wasn't lloyd yeah he wasn't cool. lloyd yeah i think um, it would have been cool if lloyd double crossed denny at some point that would have been really unhinged i think if lloyd double crossed suzanne double crossing denny that would have been double cool. crosser then they all took each other out yeah yeah and then and then <laughs> and then that's that's how that's how lloyd could have lost his fingers that would have been great <laughs> And then his other fingers his other fingers yeah yeah i think i think i think that's why we should have kept lloyd around because then he could have just lost another two fingers every movie until we get to the third movie when he's lost six fingers and he can finally go see six we're the same and hold up four <laughs> fingers <laughs> i don't know yeah okay so anyway <laughs> um, my score for this film is a five. Oh, okay and that might be generous, honestly. I was originally going to give this like a seven point seven five, but the more we, the more I thought about it, the more forgettable this movie is. I'm going to give it a six point five. It's, it's like not a bad film, but it's not. It's yeah, it's not <laughs> a good film. It's a film. Five and a six point five, so an average score of five point seven five. Wow, wow, we made it. All right, so that was our episode about the Gray Man. I believe our next episode is going to be about Bullet Train. Bullet Train, the new Brad Pitt-led action yeah. movie. Doing two action Brian movies in a Tyre, row. Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, Isn't um, what's his face in it? Aaron yes. uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I swear, oh, yes, I swear, I saw him it. in the. That's not even who I was thinking of. Somebody Bad looked like him. Is in it. it? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like a stacked cast type action movie i've i've heard good things i've heard not mid things about this film 
I hope so. so. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, same. So anyway, if you have made it this far in the episode, that's what we'll be reviewing next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I was going to say, I hope you enjoyed The Gray Man, but on, I mean... I hope, I hope you enjoyed you found interest in this episode. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed Lloyd's stash. I think yeah, that's the yeah. one like saving grace about this film is how full it was and just you know, right the construction of it on on Christmas. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, give us a follow <laughs> at Mister Nof Official M R N O A F Official mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out the podcast. Share mm-hmm. the podcast. We we drop an do episode it. every Sunday. We do share it. Share the podcast. Yeah, share it. Like the page or no, okay. not or and share the podcast. I, think, like I was going to make a veiled veiled threat, but <laughs> or or else or or else. That's right. But that's all we got time for today. Um, any parting words? Um, disco. All right. (laughs) Well, if we don't see you tomorrow, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, God, it's so good. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) bye. That is it for this episode of Movie Reviews No One Asked For. Thank you for checking this out, and if you made it this far into the episode, just know that we really appreciate you. Give us a follow, and check us out next week. Thank you. Goodbye.